quieter. Don't be quieter. We're recording for real. For real? We're, we started recording. Yep. Oh. Um, welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. That's Andrew. And that's Ashton. And you can follow us on Instagram at Romantic Underpinnings, at Twitter at Rom Underpod, or online, romanticunderpinnings.com. Yeah, you can. But why do people do that? Because they want to hear our beautiful voices. What are we doing with our beautiful <laughs> voices every week? We are talking into a microphone. <laughs> No, dear listeners, we are co-writing a romance novel. I'm writing the dude chapters. Andrew's writing the lady chapters. And each week we cold read what the other person has written. And so far, they're about to make land in France somewhere. And the heroine is Dutch and the hero is British. And they're making land in French. When In French. In French, yes. Je m'appelle Antony. Land in French is, in fact, terre. Of course, you would know that. Yeah, like pont de terre. What a terreur you yeah. are. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I'm saying I was you asking you. You go ahead. You do it. Okay. The plot thickens. Yes. The plot began thickening in 1690 during the war between the English and the French that was ongoing at that time. Forgot the name of said war right now. But anyway, King William III of England is Dutch and my cats are fighting in the background. Um, But it's going to get better from here. Listen, listeners, I warned him and I said, let's not. And then I got overruled. So we apologize. There's a turf war going on, much like the war between the great powers of Europe in the late 17th and early 18th centuries. When our delightful tale is set, the hero of this story, Anthony, a pirate, is on a murky mission uh, on the commission of the King of England himself, and Agatha has uh, dressed herself as a young man novice sailor in order to come along for reasons of her own we recap the plot every week i think that is all we have to do um at the end of the last chapter which is the one i wrote um they were just arriving in french as ashton was saying terrible terrible I am about to read for the first time the first draft of Ashton's chapter 11. This is what happens when the raggedy band of English arrives. Oh, why do I keep... (laughs) Raggedy band of English and one Dutch. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, my own normally faultless English is a bit of a raggedy band right now anyway. And... I'm going to just start reading. Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. They've arrived in port in France. Ashton is too busy looking at my cats being adorable to participate in this podcast. He's one of Andrew's cats is destroying a very expensive bag he just got. It was like two months ago. I mean, okay, <laughs> whatever. Practically ancient. Mm. Um. All right. Chapter 11. 
The schooner rocked into its berth, swaying slightly as it found its place among the wooden hulls, spelled with one L, by the way. You know what? How's it? Did I spell it wrong completely or just forgot an L? I mean, is it coming up as incorrect? I, I don't... I, I don't see any spell check in it, but <laughs> normally when one is referring to the hull of a ship, one uses a double L at the end. You got the first three letters completely exact, though. You just sort of got started resting on your laurels. You're a hullard. <laughs> oh, I, I can't say anything to that. It's I know. true. I win. Two Frenchmen called out to their ship from the dock. Anthony dragged a hand down the side of his face, groaning inwardly. What the hell had he gotten his crew into? He took a deep breath and straightened his shoulders. He glanced over his shoulder to Peter. What did they say? he asked. Peter shrugged his light frame back at him. They just asked, what business? Or a close approximation of that, came the response, as though on the wind. Anthony got lost a bit in the sound on the wind. That part is underlined. Oh, jeez. But whatever. They they arrived in French. Everything's a little bit <laughs> weird right now. Um, he shook himself back to the present. What is wrong with me? Tell them we're here on honest trade, he told him. He translated back to the two on the dock. Wait, he is Anthony in the first part, and then the next sentence is Yeah, I either. had it I had it as she. This is more like fun with pronouns. I had it as she, but then I changed it back to he for everybody because I figured I was writing from the perspective of Anthony and he has no idea that Peter's a woman. No, so I was like, well. So I think it clears up, but yeah, there are a little bit too many he's. So basically, they're both on the ship, yeah. and Peter's translating back and forth, and Anthony's telling him it's, stuff. No, like, yeah, your approach of, like, <sighs> writing it sort of from Anthony's perspective is totally valid. It's just a shame that back in 1690, names hadn't been invented and couldn't be deployed no for disambiguation. No one has Schwarnbuckle. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, Schnalsbury. Uh, Snalsbury, I think. What did I say? You said Schnalsbury. Schnauzer. No, it's, there's no S-C-H-N. It's just S-N-O-L-L-S-B-U-R-Y. Anyway. Really? <laughs> I think. I mean, it's a made No, I mean name. really that you're... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, come on. I gotta get this stuff right. Um, our, our fans uh, really hold our feet to the fire whenever we um, have continuity errors. <laughs> so far, it's really been an issue. <laughs> he translated back to the two on the dock. The schooner was greeted by a pair of them nearly guffawing back at them. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the schooner was greeted by the pair of them nearly guffawing back at them on the schooner. I will continue reading. <laughs> it should clear itself up. After a quick convoluted um, discussion amongst the two of them, one of them shouted just, back. It did just, not get more clear. It's <laughs> trying to convey the convolution. <laughs> the convolution's not a word I know. 
consider me convoluted. Yes. No, convolution, I think, is the word. Really? I think oh, so. I struck gold. Anyway. Yeah, no, convoluted is not, but I find myself It's kind of anyway. hard to write, like, them just screaming at each other because half of it's in French and the, everyone else doesn't understand. So it's like a very uh-huh. slow yelling back and forth situation. Well, A, convoluted is totally a word. I don't, I just not no, in the I sense know. that I used it. No, I just said it wasn't, and I'm correcting myself. Oh. See, my pedantry is not only outward facing. I've, I've, well, thank it God for that. Strikes as deeply into my own heart as it does into everyone else's. But also, um, I feel like, you know, uh, n- there could be a wider variety of nouns. You know what? Used. Just keep going. <laughs> I can't promise it'll get better, but I, I think I tried. Let's go. Peter leaned over and said something that sounded rude back at the pair. They laughed again. Peter looked back at Anthony. Oh, at least it didn't say he looked back at him. Um, They want to know what we are really doing here or where our manifest is, he said to Anthony. Tell them we'll show them all the necessary paperwork as long as they let us make land and don't shoot or arrest us on the spot, Anthony commanded. Peter did as he was bid, and the two sailors waved them on. Oh, wait, the French people who met them are sailors? I thought they were already on the dock. They are, but they are sailors, like, working, like, Navy men. Oh, They're just on land, like, working the customs. Like, someone has to be there to receive the ships coming in. Yeah, I just didn't think those dudes... One assumes that, well, I assumed that they would, like, take turns. Like, oh, like this is your week on the dock. This is your week on the ship. This is your week cleaning the mess out. I don't know. Not fair enough. Just made that last part up. But like, you know, that could absolutely work. Um, Anthony felt a small tremor of anxiety work its way down his back and rest at the base of his spine. He tried to ignore the growing sense of unease. But as he watched Peter make his way toward French land, He couldn't seem to stifle these feelings, and he wondered at that moment if his emotions were due to the mission or some other reason. A reason like Peter. The past week of sailing had been near torture to Anthony, but he couldn't quite put his finger on it. He'd been with men and women of all types and harbored no ill will toward any person's preferences. Hell, he knew several sailors that that were sailors so that they could fulfill their desires, and as long as they got their work done, he didn't care one whit for whatever they chose. But in Anthony's case, neither men nor women had done much for him. He was almost chaste in that regard. He didn't hunger for physicality in the way that many people did. He hungered for intimacy, connection, and a deeper relationship with his partners. This is a shame because (laughs) fucking Agatha is, I think the only word to describe her is haunt, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, whatever. Yeah, it works. Um, He had laid awake almost each night of the voyage after Peter had brought him his dinner and sat with him for a time, lingering longer each time about him. Wait. He'd lain awake almost each night of the voyage after Peter had brought him his dinner and sat with him for a long time, lingering longer each time, comma. Thinking about him. Oh, okay. So there's a. Just missed a word. All right. Um, You know what's a really good song is All About You by Tupac. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to sing it right now. (laughs) Okay. 
And just thought I'd clarify in case you were getting your hopes I up. I mean, naturally, I want you to sing it, but what does that have to do with the price of corn? It's all about you. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, it's, it's, it's sort of like what... Uh, Tupac's rolling in his 25-year-old grave. Oh, yeah, almost exactly. Yeah. This is the best tribute anyone has paid to him. <laughs> I don't think he would feel the same. No, yeah, no. Anthony, if he if the song were available, Anthony would sing to Peter slash Agatha that song. He would climb up to the tippy top of the tallest mast and just fucking belt it out. Anyway, separate issue. Anthony had thought about his fawn-colored hair, his gray eyes, his lithe body, and the way his body moved as he walked or climbed the rigging or made any movement. He couldn't seem to shake a feeling that lingered in his fingertips, in his collarbone, in his hips. Just one collar, left or right? Oh, I just meant as a complete unit. I know they're not attached, but you know. Well, no, but it's just it, like I know I meant, but I meant as bone? the whole thing as one. Oh, okay, okay, I guess so. And as Peter made his way into what could potentially be a lethal situation for him, for him, sorry, and as Peter made his way into what could be, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is my fault, dear listeners. But we'll see. It's. A mixture. <laughs> and as Peter made his way into what could potentially be a lethal situation for him, Anthony, and even the rest of the crew, he worried. You do have a bit of a... I don't think that's technically a dangling modifier, but... Um, Peter sounds like the subject of the sentence, but Anthony is the one worrying. Um, so it's a little bit funky. Anyway... Um, it was that fear that made him hesitate the most. Fear made fools of men and guided their actions in ways that could be dangerous and stupid. Anthony had no idea what it was about this particular boy, but as a sailor, he always trusted his gut. His gut was screaming at him to be more cautious and to turn tail right back around and sail back to England and damn the king and his harebrained plots that put commoners in harm's way. That is a good description of all kings That's ever. What I, as soon as I wrote that, I was like, <laughs> this is actually like, might as well be a summation of history. Period. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely monarchy. They're always having harebrained plots. Yeah. Um, I mean, so is... Uh, you know, representative republics. Yeah, I mean, whatever. like, I, you, monarchy could be traded for, like, literally any form of absolute power. But anyway. It's all harebrained plots. It's harebrained <laughs> plots all the way down. Exactly. Then he noticed that Peter had one foot suspended toward land and the other planted firmly on the gangplank. He needed to stay in the moment with a clear head if they had a chance of making it out of this alive. He shoved his way past the rest of the crew, barking orders to stow the equipment and prepare the ship for anchor. He wouldn't risk them all for no reason. He and Peter would be enough for the moment. He had all the necessary forged documents in his pocket. He just needed to get through this red tape and on to Paris. Once they cleared the dock, they could become ghosts and make their way to court whichever way seemed the safest. The two sailors stood shoulder to shoulder, blocking their way. There, 
Tool Pistols, T-U-L-L-E. Yeah, I had to, yeah, I like dove down a very weird, like appropriate type of gun. And apparently this is the first time that standardized weaponry was issued to the Navy. Specifically, I didn't look up any of the other Mm. branches of the French military. It's slightly after, it's like 1693, but I was like, well, whatever. Um, Because there wasn't a standardized pistol before then. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is what I'm using. I don't care if it's three years off. Now, is tool a type of cloth? I don't know. I assumed it was the guy's name. I mean, it might be, but I it, I think it's... Uh... I mean, it is also a type of cloth, yes. Oh, yeah. No, that's all I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that doesn't seem like... It would be very, like, if your barrel is made of cloth, I feel like I you can't aim your gun very accurately. it's made of cloth. Like, I, I assume it's metal. Like, the schematics I look like look like metal. Well, I in, think it's the guy's name. It probably is, but in the canon of the romantic underpinning cinematic universe, I've decided that all French sailors have cloth guns. Mm. Um, and let's see what they do with them. Their tool pistols showed in the light, glinting in his eyes. Anthony's eyes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that was fair. I just hadn't read for a while. I mean, Anthony hadn't been... I feel like if you'd been reading, that one would have been okay, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I it would have been. It would have been, because it kept being like he pretty clearly being Anthony the mm. last several sentences. The things were clumsy and not great shots, but they gave him pause. See, even you knew they were made of cloth. Well, I I assumed, like, yeah, although they've been able to, like, drop schematics and make them all, you know, the same and whatever and this and that, that, like, they didn't really fleshed out how to, because even guns after that weren't, like, great shots or, like, very reliable until I think the, um, the automatic, like, the revolver came out or whatever. Like, it takes quite a long time in, like, gunsmithing for them to be really um, reliable, so. I believe you. And I just assume these would be shitty. <laughs> no, I I think you're right. <laughs> because they're made of cloth. Yes, okay. Anyway. That's why I assume that. They were chattering on and on with Peter in French. Anthony could barely follow who was talking when. He's not alone. <laughs> he interrupted without Listen, I try and show not tell. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow puppets. <laughs> Anyway, he interrupted without finesse. What the hell is going? Peter glanced sideways <laughs> at Anthony and grimaced up at him. There was possibly... Did I forget to say on in there? Yes, there was a missing oh, word. Guys, I wrote this really fast in my only small, <laughs> tiny defense. And I didn't even reread it once. Usually I do. No, I mean, you don't have to reread nothing. This is the whole point. This yeah, is rough. It's really rough. That is what our customers like at rough. I should say our oh. fans. I don't know why. We, well, we've customers. sold at least two t-shirts. No, we've only sold one to a person who isn't us. No, we sold one to ourselves. So mm. two t-shirts total. Well, three if you really want to be pedantic about it. Oh, hell, we're rich. Yeah. Anyway, our customers. This is exactly the type of stuff I want my mother to be purchasing, which is the person who made the other purchase. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> she is. Shout out to the Mary. Well, now I feel weird about saying our customers like it rough. But anyway. Whatever. Um, she she has bought herself into this against any and all warning. So. 
They like our drafts just scuffed and bumpy. We have not applied sandpaper to them yet. Um, Anyway, they want our papers and want to know how big of a traitor our captain is, he said somewhat sheepishly. Tell them we just came to make money. We're carrying wool and barely. God damn it. Barley. You know it's barley from your own shenanigans. Yes, but I read what's put in front of you. You know what? I'm going to put something in front of you. I'm not arrogant (laughs) enough to just like change your shit on the fly. Dear listeners, someone write it down. What did you just say? You're not arrogant enough to change my shit on the fly? Correct. I read it. I call them as I see them. Uh I read them as they're written. And you offer no judgments. I'm a judge after the fact, but I'm going to engage in a good faith way with the complete and unexpurgated text of your work. Oh, my God. All right. We're carrying wool and barley, (laughs) and we know that their countrymen could use a good coat and a strong drink, Anthony said. Peter relayed the message. The two sailors looked at each other and said something fast. They want to board and check our stores. They also want the manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) What? Don't ships have a manifesto? I think it was a manifesto earlier in the chat. Jesus Christ in criminy. (laughs) Anthony pulled the document out of his jacket and moved aside, inviting them to pass. As they started to move, he held a hand up to the man closest to him. He stays, Anthony growled. (laughs) Peter translated hastily. The two men glanced at each other and nodded. Anthony called to the crew. Let him pass. Let him have free reign of the ship, but don't say a word. They all nodded in assent and did his bidding. The Frenchman looked around, checking for hidden cabinets, and finally went below decks, seemingly to do the same thing. After what seemed like an eternity, he emerged, shouting something to his compatriot. The other nodded. Finally, he spoke in English. It looks all in order, the man said stiffly. I don't think that's a great French accent. It's perfect. Beautiful. Good. He took the paper from Anthony and stamped the manifesto. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, wow. Be prepared to get flounced on this deal, but you are lucky we don't report you outright. He nodded curtly as he handed back the forged papers to Anthony. Flounced, huh? I like that. What? Isn't that what it is? Oh, it's fleeced, isn't it? I mean, I thought you were just like... I was making kind of a joke, and also he does I mean, he speaks English, but like... Yeah, no, I like... I how think, good of his English is it, you know? No, I think it's great to have him use the word flounced instead of fleeced. But I like, I mean, I was like, I should put fleeced in, and then I was like, is that even right? And then I got confused, and I was like, well, if he sounds dumb, that's fine, because it's like his second language, so who cares? No, flounced is... Perfect, and it's fl- and it's wool. So I also thought that was funny. Oh wow, there's so <laughs> many layers. Wow, this is this is like analyzing a Shakespeare sonnet or uh, something. You it's know, just like there's just like yeah, me and the bard. Double meanings, triple meanings, inverse, double split meanings. Um, he was annoyed that he'd had to play this back and forth translation game and put Peter in more danger than necessary. He almost let them have it, but he held his tongue. Wait a minute. I mean, in one sentence, 
It says he nodded curtly as he handed back the forged papers to Anthony. Oh. The next sentence yeah, says the, okay, so he the was sailor, annoyed that he'd had to play yeah, this back Yeah, so then Anthony was annoyed. Y- yeah. I should have put Anthony's name in that one. Uh, yes. Clearly I know who I'm talking about, but they're all he's, so it's really not. I want to just, like, do a find and replace in this document and replace all instances of the word he with that guy. Like, that guy said this, that guy said this, or this one guy said blank. I feel like you're judging me. Eyebrows said no. Chin waggle said yes. Oh, adjectives. That's the next best thing to nouns. Anyway. I'm gonna... (laughs) I'm gonna adjective... I'm gonna verb you. Yeah, actually... Eyebrows is a noun and chin waggle is sort of a verb, so none of them were adjectives, but you could say like <laughs> tall well, or they'd be short like descriptors, or, right? Yeah. yeah, so fluffy or whatever. <laughs> um All right, lads, go ahead and have your night here in Calais. Have a good time, but not too good a time. LOL. So I told you about this and I decided to leave it in. Dear listeners, I if you were paying any sort of attention. And last time I must have said La Havre or Andrew said La Havre 30 billion times. But when I went to look it up, I was like, oh, Cali's the closest port to England. That's where they sailed into when they very clearly did not. And I even knew I thought of it later and decided to leave it in because it's just so ridiculous that I forgot (laughs) from Tuesday to, you know, Sunday or whenever I was writing this. Yeah, and for all I know, they would have actually sailed to Calais and not Le Havre. Um, Although, you know. I mean, in this case, we made like a pretty big deal about them sailing into Le Havre. So, of course, they would have. That is what I should have gone with instead of just like quick Googling whichever port was closest to London, which is exactly what I did. Fair enough, but, you know, your way might actually win in the end. So Uh, go to your local bookstores, my dear listeners, and find out which port they actually went to. Which port is better. I mean, I like mine because it's at the mouth of the Seine. Well, and that's like an important plot point, which is why it's even more ridiculous. Well, but we we don't know. They might be, they might just steal horses and ride the rest of the way. Yeah. Um... They raised a hooray and practically ran to shore, almost leveling Anthony and Peter in the process. Anthony stepped out of the way, pulling Peter alongside him. They hadn't touched since their near drowning, and now, in this less life-threatening situation, Anthony could feel every twinge in his body at the contact. He lost his bearing in the moment and looked down at their joining, mystified. What the bloody hell is all this? He looked up to find Peter staring at him. What's happening? You, you, your chair banged against the thingy. I'm sorry. The cats are very cute. I had to get a very important picture for our Instagram, and I was hoping you would just ignore me and keep reading. No. But, you know. Where I mean, cats are involved, clearly he had to stop and make a showing. Well, I mean, the best picture is actually the one I'm about to take. We can cut well, no, parts I, of this okay. out, but I just need to, like, look. Oh, wait, that's not it. Um, This is podcasting gold, by the way. Look at the kitties flanking you. I mean, they're that's both pretty lobes. hilarious. Yeah. All right. Um, Back to the story. <laughs> He lost his bearing in the moment and looked down at their joining, mystified. 
What the bloody hell is all this? He looked up to find Peter staring at up. Isn't Peter well, very short? Because he's like starting to walk up the gangplank, so he's like technically on a step higher. Oh, so Peter like they're is walk- going, going back to the, the ship, oh, right? Because the ship yeah. is higher than the the dock. Or I got it. I <clears> got it. This is like a stairways ish. Mm. Or ramp. Ramp is more accurate. Good opportunity to like put your hand on the small of someone's back kind mm-hmm. of a situation. Uh, anyway, their eyes caught and held for a long moment, much longer than necessary. He abruptly dropped Peter's hand and stepped away. Go on, lad. Have a good night in the city. It'll be your last night of civility for a long while, he told the smaller man. He shook his head up at Peter. Nay, sir, I think I'll stay with the ship, he said, almost shyly. Anthony couldn't quite place the meaning behind the combination of his words and tone, but he enjoyed the way his speech sounded in his head. He nodded once and turned to walk back up the gangplank. Aren't you going into the city, sir? Peter asked from behind him. Nay, I never leave my ship unattended. It's bad form for the captain to abandon ship. His voice sounded overly firm, even to his own ears. He's overly firm, all right. (laughs) He had just found himself in the middle of the realization that he and Peter would be alone together on the schooner. He realized that he was enjoying the realization, even if nothing (laughs) happened. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sometimes it's just pure garbage. No, I mean... I enjoyed realizing <laughs> the realization of what you realized while writing this. Oh, it's so bad. Okay. <clears throat> even if nothing happened, even if there was nothing between them, he enjoyed the idea that something could, that anything could. The anticipation inside him was building with each step he took back toward his ship. He carried it, unspoken, onto the deck, and then turned to face Peter. The lad stood with his arms hanging loose at his sides, as if he knew that Anthony was going to say something momentous, and that he was leery of what it would be. In that moment, Anthony couldn't speak. The unspoken tension between them he had just discovered was too fragile to break in that moment. Yeah, again. Too fragile to break. I mean, this is... Too fragile to break is good, but I said moment 30 times. Ah, uh, oh, there's... Yeah, there, there's a... I mean, that's a pretty... It's a pretty momentous moment, I gotta say. Yeah, well, exactly. The seconds ticked by, and still, they said nothing. Anthony knew that the moment had passed <laughs> the point of being explainable. <laughs> and he also knew that he didn't want to explain we're gonna call this the <laughs> scene moment gate like oh remember moment realization gate? flood with explanation oh there was a flood going on as well with <laughs> momentous moment of the second of the anyway all right lad what do you say i fix us some supper unless the kitchen has been completely cleared out he asked laughingly Anthony knew how to cook one thing and one thing exactly. Porridge. (laughs) Anthony knew that Peter was about to be bowled over by his culinary genius, 
but he didn't care in this m- are moment. You, are you joking? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he was starving, and not necessarily for the porridge he was about to burn on the stove. And in this moment... <laughs> no! <laughs> Is it really again? Yeah. <laughs> He knew that Peter was the only one who would be able to provide the exact seasoning he was missing. Oh my god! End of chapter with the seasoning! I thought it was clever. Wow. And slightly gross. They're about to be stirring the stew. (laughs) No! No! But we'll see what happens. Yeah, now you're... Left in a new cliffhanger. Yeah. I I mean, I get to write a whole chapter about Anthony dipping his ladle, so it's going to be great. (laughs) You don't have to. (laughs) Just leaving it open if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. These characters are absolutely getting ladle. (laughs) No! Dear listeners, I'm going to see you ladle. I have a a small um, uh, something to fry. What is that? A like, it's a saying. Fish to fry? Is that the saying? Yeah, I have a small fish to fry with my co-hosts. Oh, no. Are we about to have a lover's spatula? No. (laughs) Okay, that was good. Fork you. (laughs) All right. So I think we've covered what is potentially the subject of the next chapter. (laughs) Our hero and our heroine in, you know, co-hero's clothing are about to spend the night all by themselves on what is doubtless a cramped schooner. Anthony has his own cabin, but we can deal with that. We could also deal... I mean, I think actually every chapter has been from the perspective of one of the main protagonists, so I don't think we're going to find out what kind of hijinks the crew are getting into unless one of them is like chased by a husband with a pitchfork back onto the ship and um, That'd be fun. has to explain it. So we'll see. There there might be some people, there might be some trouble that goes down in Calais, maybe. Well, it's La Havre. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, they have to sail to Calais really oh, fast to deal God. with the trouble that goes down. Anyway, um, so there, there are going to be hijinks. Hijinks. There uh, of, you know... Who knows what kind? It could be slapstick. It could be <laughs> entirely different. And then, uh, either way, our crew will penetrate deeper into oh. France in the next chapter of yes. romantic underpinnings. Stay tuned, everybody. Bye. Bye.